Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to episode two of the MC Squared podcast. My name is Andrew McNeil. And I'm Jimmy McKenna. We've got a great show for you today. Really excited. Uh, Jimmy, we've got Ryan Cummins coming up. Ryan Cummins, so owner of the Apple House, longtime city council member, going to tell us some stories. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be, I'm going to try not to nerd out on economics too much, but uh, it's I'm, be I might, it's I might get a little really carried away. For you. Yeah, yeah, I know. So we're going to have a little mixture of both. We're going to have a little politics, and then we're going to have some talk about business and the Apple House in Terre Haute. So All right. we're super excited about yep. this. So let's get started. All right, folks. Well, I'm really excited uh, today to uh, have our first guest here on the MC Squared podcast. Um, he is a lifelong resident of Terre Haute. Pretty much. Okay. There, was, there was a little pretty, break pretty in much. there. Yeah. Um, Longtime uh, owner and fam- of the family business, the Apple House, which is a phenomenal nursery slash greenhouse now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was uh, hearing earlier, it was a, uh, had a huge produce business, and we're going to hear some more about that later. Um, he was a city councilman here in Terre Haute for eight years. Correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, just recently finished a, um, sim- similar to me, an unsuccessful bid for county councilman. And so uh, he is a frequent contributor to the Indiana uh, Policy Review. Correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also heard he was on either on another podcast or he's going to go on another podcast. Going on a different podcast okay. regarding a project that the Indiana Policy Review is, uh, trying, is trying to promote uh, work on well that's that's uh really exciting we're going to hear more about that so i just want to welcome ryan cummins to the show thanks andrew thanks for being here Mm -hmm. all right so uh i've I've gotten a little discouraged when i realized um from the governor on down there doesn't seem to be anyone in government that has any problem taking taxpayer dollars and then redistributing it uh, for various projects thrown around the state in the name of economic uh, stimulus or economic development. Mm-hmm. Talk talk about that a little bit. Is is this? Am I way off base with this? Is this something that uh, yeah I should have no problem with? Or I mean, it just it seems confusing to me because. Um, Free market's taken out of it. It looks like uh, individualism's taken out of it, and it's just literally central planning. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, no, no, I think you pretty much <laughs> recognize what it is. You know, uh, one of the articles I wrote, I for the Indiana Policy Review is a, uh, I don't know, I suppose you might call it a think tank. I don't know. It's an mm-hmm. organization that focuses on uh, state and local government issues, public policy, things like that. One of the articles that I wrote for the Indiana Policy Review, I identified what I call the three biggest lies in local government. Okay. But it applies to state and federal government too. But my experience, of course, is mostly in local government. And that is when uh, you're dealing with a particular issue, uh, you you the alarm bell should go off. You should reach around and grab hold <laughs> tightly of your wallet when you hear that it's for the children, <laughs> for public safety, or for economic development. Because it's usually none of the above. <laughs> Do mm-hmm. can you describe what a city councilman does? What is what are the what is the duties of a city councilman? Well, uh, some of it will be my opinion, but sure. some of it is is you know in 
code and everything. But the city council, the Terre Haute Common Council is, is a more accurate term, is both a fiscal and legislative body. Uh, it actually has more uh, wider areas of responsibilities compared to a county council, which is primarily fiscal oh, okay. uh, in its functions and everything. Um, and the Terre Haute Common Council, there's nine people on uh, the Terre Haute uh, City. We'll call it the City Council just okay. for, because that's how it's more often referred to. Uh, there are nine people on there. They are elected. Three come uh, at large. In other words, everybody throughout the entire city of Terre Haute votes for them, and six come from a district. What about the legislative portion? Okay. Of that? So the, legislate, the legislative function of the City Council is they are the ones that uh, – introduce and approve or disapprove ordinances that relate to the entire operation of the city. Um, For example, uh, uh, zoning uh, ordinances Mm -hmm. uh, where somebody wants to conduct a a business and everything, those go to the city council, those decisions are made. Um, Any type of uh, money that is spent has to be approved by the Terre Haute City Council. Uh, one of the main things that the Terre Haute City Council would do would be to look at uh, the budget and everything. Of course, now I'm moving back over to the more the fiscal responsibility, um, but they would approve the budget, uh, all the different areas. They would approve salary ordinances, which were uh, certainly uh, – uh, highly emotional yeah. in, a, in a lot of those, um, which is unfortunate, but that's the, that's right. the way it was and is. Um, so uh, there's a nostalgia, though, for the downtown area and everything. I, I'll, I'll admit, and I made it clear when I was on the city council, I don't possess that nostalgia. Now, I grew up in Terre Haute. I went downtown, rode the Schultz, rode the Schultz Pony. Uh, if you're from Terre Haute, you know what the Schultz pony is. Uh, it was a little, uh, I don't know what you call it. Mechanical, a horse. mechanical yep. horse and everything, yep. you know, and that was the highlight of going downtown <laughs> was go and ride the Schultz pony, at least for me and everything. And, uh, so, so I understand all that. Um, but is things need to be whatever they're going to yes. be, what people really yes. want. And uh, so in the 90s, there, there was an effort where what downtown needed was parking. Doggone it, that's what we need. So we yeah. built the parking garage that currently exists uh, to the east of the first financial building okay. right there. And that parking garage was paid for by the establishment of a TIF district, Tax Increment Financing District. There probably isn't one in a thousand, maybe one in 10,000 people uh, walking around Terre Haute that understand what a tax increment financing district is. (laughs) I do. Um, Was it, should it have been done? Well, it was. Okay. And the the TIF district had a uh, decades long life. You know, it had to, it could only go for so long, but it was, I believe at the time was either 20 or 30 years. And it was bringing in money. Uh, It was property tax dollars that were diverted. And those diverted dollars were put on the backs of everybody who wasn't in the TIF district. That whole discussion's for a whole nother podcast (laughs) and everything. Um, So anyway, there was the parking garage, but we had money. Well, it wasn't quite setting downtown on fire. So what else do we need? <laughs> so what does everybody say? Oh, we want to live downtown. Right. 
Well, they don't, okay? <laughs> if people wanted to live downtown, they would. And there were places to live and things like that. Um, but Center City was the uh, apartment okay. building that was going to help revitalize. It was going to have stores down below yep. and living up top. And uh, it was going to get it done and everything. Of course, the reality was is that the rents uh, did not cover uh, the bond payments or and the maintenance and, yes. and all those types of things. So it was losing money and everything. Uh, the federal government came along and said, hey, you need another parking garage. Or somebody said that. I don't know if they did. But the federal government uh, offered money to build that big parking garage that now exists over on Cherry Street. Yes. Okay. By Holman Center, maybe? Yes, yep. by Holman Center. And... Um, uh, but you had to match dollars and everything, and that was the scramble was to find the matching dollars. So one way to match the dollars was to sell Center City. You know, downtown's a, a pretty nice place. Right. I, I, don't, I won't uh, argue right. that or anything. Uh, I wrote an article about it for the Indiana Policy Review. By God, it should be a pretty nice place <laughs> considering the millions yes. of dollars that have been poured in there in turn in uh, the form of subsidies for everything that went on but and this is is pretty current and everything at the same time that money was being sucked in to the downtown and subsidizing everything that moved or didn't move down <laughs> there you could kind of see the decline of other areas. There was a time uh, in uh, 12 Points, which is a pretty nice area, mm -hmm. there was an Apple House up in 12 Points. That's where I earned my first paycheck oh, in really? 1964 when I was eight years old. And I sat groceries up there. And 12 Points was a really nice place. There was an Apple House right across the street. There was an A&P. There was a Hooks Drugs. There was the DX gas station. As you went north on Lafayette, there were restaurants. There was movie theaters. There were uh, the, the bank. There was sporting goods. There was all kinds of things. 12 Points was really a pretty nice place. And you could almost watch... 12 points decline and other places not develop, South 7th Street, Fort Harrison, all kinds mm -hmm. of other areas, as the subsidies flowed yeah. like a waterfall into downtowns. Now, there's some folks that own property up in 12 points that are working hard yes. uh, to try and get that moving in the opposite direction. And I wish them a lot of luck. Me too. The only thing I would tell them Stay away from government funding. <laughs> don't use tax dollars. Absolutely. Um, it, is, uh, it is a curse. Yep. Please don't. Yep. Um, whether that happens or not, who knows? Yep. The folks at the Indiana Policy Review write a lot about what creates wealth in a community, about what creates real opportunity, um, and what involved what is real potential and everything and it always comes down to uh, real wealth is created uh, real opportunities are formed by free markets yes. individual responsibility yep. and extremely limited government yep. that is how it happens so thanks Ryan so I have questions just shift gears just slightly because I want to ask a little about business. Okay. So you talk about entrepreneurship and and that kind of being the key. From the business side, what are some keys that you have found in running a business in a town like Terre Haute? 
So what for, let's say I was looking at starting a business and wanted to, to be to prosper in Terre Haute and with the people around here. What are some of the keys that you found over time, the good things and some of the pitfalls? And then I always think it's really interesting with, with your team that you have. So this is kind of a third part of the question. How would you, how do you take care of your team to have them? I mean, are there specific things that you found work well with hiring and those type of things, but I want to get a business off the ground. What can the co-owner of Apple House tell me about it? Well, let's see here. God, that, that, that's quite a question there and everything. <laughs> I'll try and answer your, your very last one. You know, what, what do I do for the folks who work with me at the Apple House? Well, I make sure, absolutely sure, and have done it for 40-plus years, and my dad did it for decades before, that every Friday their paychecks are good. That's probably one of the first things that you got to make sure of. Um, you know, nobody's uh, paycheck ever bounced or anything. Um, but, uh, you know, try and, um, I, I guess when it comes to uh, running the business and everything, the Apple House has changed dramatically over the years. I mean, it started in 1939, started on South 7th Street. That was US 41 at the time. Uh, Steve Fenzel just built his building where okay. the original Apple House was back mm. then. You know, 7th Street, yeah. uh, where South High School is with the airfield. And uh, my grandfather put a tent up out there and, and put produce out there. And that's essentially how it started and everything. Uh, my father father, uh, when he came back from World War II, he kind of was a lot like me. Uh, I think he thought he was going to leave and not be back. Uh, mm -hmm. He uh, took a job in Denver, Colorado, uh, met my mother, and I'm not sure what brought him back to Terre Haute and into the business, but he did. But it was my father that made the Apple House a much more uh, viable, ongoing business. At, at its peak, uh, the Apple House had uh, uh, three locations. Actually, there used to be one, a fourth one, but it was before my time. I was still mm -hmm. a little angel flying around in heaven when that <laughs> one was there. Uh, but uh, uh, there were three locations, 12 points, uh, South 3rd and over here on Wabash Avenue and everything. And uh, it was a grocery stores that always had, we always had flowers and everything. In fact, when I was a kid, you know, that was my job was to water the flowers and condense the flats and things like that. But, um, you know, it, it evolved over time. The grocery business changed. Uh, if you're from Terre Haute, you remember a place called Great Scott. Mm -hmm. Great Scott was kind of one of the first supermarket concepts that came in. And my dad kind of saw the writing on the wall. You had to either go big or go home, one of the two. Or, But your question is, what would I do? I'd try and figure out what exactly your customers want and bust yeah. your rear end to provide it for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and you've got to continue to change and everything. Uh, when we know fun, it isn't. And, and I, there, there's something I could tell somebody yeah. who was uh, considering starting a business. It's no fun if you're not making any money. Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't do it uh, to, because I, I like it. I do. But I can tell you, it is no fun if you're not making any money. So you have to be willing to have that risk, yeah. right? So yeah. to, to take those risks. You, you got to you know, figure out what do your customers want 
and and get it for them and everything. And things change constantly. Yeah. Our product mix changes. Uh, you know, for for several years we were in the landscaping business uh, mm-hmm. where we did direct in, uh, landscape installations, but that was a whole. Uh, a whole nother ball game in terms of challenges and things like that. And I was having a real hard time doing the retail and keeping it uh, like I, you know, felt my customers wanted or what my customers were telling me they wanted Mm -hmm. and doing the landscaping business. So we moved away from that. And now we work in partnership with some local landscape companies. Uh, Our primary is Mascari Lawn and Mm -hmm. Landscape, who I used to do produce business with years ago. And, uh, and they do a terrific job. Uh, We help, uh, you know, put together what the customer might want. Mm -hmm. And if they say, yeah, I like that and we'd like to put it in, then we turn it over to uh, our landscape partner and they install it under our supervision, under our guarantees, you know, everything Mm -hmm. like that. So that's just an example of changes. So I hear that you also may have some Apple House stories to tell. (laughs) Andrew said you may have some stories to tell. Well, you know, one of the questions we get is, where'd the name come from? You know, yeah, that's a good one. Well, uh, 1939, when my grandfather started, uh, like I said, it was in the front yard of their house that they lived in, right on US 41 at the time, 7th Street. And uh, it was in September of 1939, what's ripening in September, apples. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was primarily what he had. There was no such thing as refrigeration or anything like that. And my grandfather, who was a notorious windy bird, if you know what I mean, <laughs> uh, kind of like me, I suppose. And uh, uh, the, I, the the story that he said was that a customer came in and, uh, you know, it was supposed to be a produce stand. And he looked around and he said, well, this isn't a produce stand. This is just an apple house. Oh, that's great. And, uh, and it's like, oh, okay, there you go. Now we got the name that's and everything. Awesome. Now, of course, fast forward to 2023, we, we sell apple trees, but I don't sell <laughs> apples anymore, used to. Um, so slowly, ever so slowly, we have uh, uh, kind of been moving to uh, Apple House, home of the Blooms Brothers. Yes. Uh, kind of a take on the Blues Brothers. Of course, mm-hmm. you got to be old if you, you know. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, young folks who are, you know, maybe in high school or something, they'd be going, the Blues Brothers, what the heck is that? <laughs> yeah. you know? All right. Well, let's uh, let's finish up with talking about the foothold project. Okay. Back to to politics and everything, and it it kind of goes along with what I had talked about earlier. That we really think we myself people involved with the Indiana Policy Review. Um, if you're interested in the Indiana Policy Review, inpolicy.org, inpolicy.org, a great organization, yep. tremendous research uh, and information that you can find regarding uh, public policy issues on the local and state level. But anyway, they uh, and and myself, uh, we all felt the same that the answer was not top down, but bottom up. Mm-hmm. And and we're not the only folks that are doing this. Right. There are other folks who have this the same idea, and I hope everybody is successful. But the foothold project kind of goes back to something that occurred several times when I was on the Terre Haute City Council, and that was when I was making the case for free markets uh, to operate instead of government intervention. Um, 
you know, to, to their credit, a number of my colleagues would look at me and say, you know, we understand what you're saying and, and we don't disagree. But Ryan, show us one place that does it like this. And I'll be honest with you, I can't because everybody from Evansville to Fort Wayne, right. you know, from Hammond to uh, Madison, uh, everybody does the same thing. So this is for uh, folks who are already elected. Or who are thinking of or running for office. Or might be thinking about running for office. Um, we're still, you know, in the beginning stages. The last issue of the uh, Journal of the Indiana Policy Review, you can go there and read the stories of the uh, different foothold council people yep. uh, that are in there. Some you might find interesting, some you might not. My story is in there. Okay. And, uh, well, I was reading some of it. I just didn't get all the way through it before we, we started the podcast, but I got into the very first article of education. I'm mean, just chewing it up. It's very, very, very good. good. And well, depressing. that was, yeah, that was from Andrea <laughs> yep. uh, Neal and everything. <laughs> yes. Who's written a lot. Yeah. Uh, she was the presenter at the Christmas seminar. And, uh, but, you know, just making a plug for the Indian Policy mm-hmm. Review, it's a really worthwhile organization yeah. if you just want to learn. Yes. Not, even if you're not interested in running for office, right. um, you know, there's tremendous uh, information, research from academics, from, you know, folks who, you know, have real world experiences yeah. and everything. Um, you know, the, the uh, Keating. So much for coming. Yeah, thanks, this, Ryan. This is, this was a, a a fun talk. We're going to have to do this again. Sure, sure. Um, thank you very much. And folks, if you want to get in touch with Ryan, the best way is uh, come down and buy some flowers. There at we the go. Apple. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if he has any other contact info, we'll put that on the. Well, website. I tell you what, I am. Uh, I had a Facebook page, of course, for when I was my last uh, run. I've uh, just been too a little busy, but I'm going to change that just so I can start posting. Okay things from the Indiana Policy Review and yeah. and things like that. So when I when I get that uh, reorganized and everything, well, I'll try and get that information yeah. out to everybody. Absolutely. So, yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, it's it's uh, it's really good to be able to have those conversations with people. And uh, there, you'd be surprised how many people have never heard something like this. Well, I hope that you have a wider and wider yeah, audience as time goes me on too. for That's you. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks Thank again. You Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. We really had a good time with that conversation and uh, looking forward to what we got coming up the next episode. Yeah, let's keep the conversation going. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, share the links on Facebook that would help us out a lot. And if you're interested in communicating with us, make sure you hit us up on the Gmail, the MC Squared Podcast at gmail.com. The MC Squared Podcast at gmail.com. And we. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.